0: Isn't that beautiful? (laughs) Making a difference wherever you are. Thank you, church family, for helping get this team on their way. Thank you, team, for going. And uh, again, it was pretty daunting for some of you to get to that place, so we just really, really appreciate that. We do want to make Jesus' name known around the world, across the sea, and across the street. So we thank you for that. We're going to be continuing on with our series this morning, our series on Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is the journal of Solomon. It's uh, God-inspired, and uh, he wrote these words as he's wrapping up with life, as things are coming to end, and uh, when he gets to the end of his life, Uh, he really gets to a place where he realizes that he kind of missed some things, or actually missed a lot of things. And he wants us to learn that we need to live in light of the end. And sometimes the material, sometimes his thoughts are not uh, fun to think about, but they're necessary. And he, I think his hope for us is that when we get to his stage of life, uh, we won't have the regrets that he had. And all throughout the uh, book, there's this idea of living under the sun, under the heavens. And that's this chunk of time here where God puts us on the planet Earth. And then there's this idea of living under the sun, but also this idea of thinking about the sun. So are all the messages about Jesus Christ, the Son, spelled S-O-N. So how we live under the Son, without the Son, or with the Son, is kind of the uh, ongoing question of what he goes through. So as we're looking at this idea of life under the Son, uh, there's a verse that I really focused in on this week as I was preparing, as I was studying, and it's, it comes from Ecclesiastes 3.11. And uh, this is, the, voice, this is the, the verse out of uh, the voice translation. We read, God has made everything beautiful in its time, for its time. God has also placed in our minds a sense of eternity. We look back on the past and ponder over the future. Yet we cannot understand the doings of God. And I really, as I thought about this, I really wanted to get to a place where I would live this verse in my life. I wanted to really own the idea that God has made everything beautiful for its time. Because I don't know about you, as sometimes life unfolds for me, I find it ugly. Uh, I don't find it beautiful. I don't put it all together. Uh, that's, that's not me. So as I wrestled with this and thought about this, I, I really want to own this. And I, and I hope you're in a place where you're trying to digest and say, how can I own this concept? Now, all of us, when we think about beauty, we think about what we find beautiful in our eyes, uh, has, has different options. Uh, some of us uh, think something like this, a, a beautiful picture taken by Grace Hunt if, this will get Grace and me in trouble. But friend Grace, she's always putting stuff like this up there, just beautiful pictures, and, and that's beautiful, and and that resonates. And then you also have a, someone like a Bill Updike taking pictures all the time. And, and these things they, they see as beauty. So as we start to unpack that verse, we took a look at the word beauty. And then we have to tie it to the idea of beauty in its time or for its time. Now, I, I love... These pictures, I think they're wonderful uh, and I think they're beautiful, but, but when it comes to me, I hate to say this is something that I find very beautiful. And only some of you are going to get in, some of you are going to say, What's wrong with Dave? But this is my beauty for me. Maybe it is. <laughs> Watch this. You may say, you're so materialistic, Dave. I just want to give that car a hug. I mean that that I mean those drawer handles, you know, it's how beautiful they just slide right in, everything aerodynamic. It just probably cruises through the air. And you know, when we think about beauty, again, we have all kinds of different ideas and that beauty in its timing has it goes along with that idea about beauty in its timing has that it fits. That it, that it all works, and that when God has beauty in his timing, everything's beautiful, it all fits, and and I can just imagine how hard it was to get that Land, land Rover, Range Rover, to really work where those handles would come in and go out at the right time, you you walk close to the car, and you got your little fob in there, and all of a sudden, out it comes, you get in the car, in they go. You know, I'd be like trying to look at all the doors to see if it really worked, you know, when I first, you know, and all those kinds of things. It's just, it just all fits together. And that's really what Solomon's getting. He's getting at this idea of beauty, everything beautiful in its time, that things fit together. And uh, Solomon says, I, you know, I've, I've lived a lot, I've, I've, I've experienced a lot, and I found that God pulls things together. Even those things that at first glance, even those things that we don't really get in the long run, he will pull those things together. And he also places in our minds a sense of eternity. The idea that there's, there's more for this life, that it's just not under the sun. There's something over the sun. And we're going to say that's life with the sun. And this may seem like a bold statement if you're still trying to figure out faith and and me saying this may seem uh, you know not to resonate with you but but I'm going to say that under the sun with the sun that sense of eternity that sense of seeing things beautiful uh, it's it's hard for someone that does not have that connection uh, with God through Jesus Christ I might even be as bold to say I'm going to say in the long run it, it's it's impossible it's like you get a whiff of these things uh, because, you know, without him, we, we, just, we just don't understand. And even in this chapter of life, even living on this planet, there's going to be some things we just don't understand. And we just get a, we get a whiff of it. This should, this, that smells good. That, that should taste good. That's beautiful. But that connection with God through Christ starts to bring things into focus. And we've been talking about this idea of under the sun, without the sun, and, and when, when you and I get into that place and we're trying to live life, and, and Solomon, he was living life unconnected with God for a big portion of his life, and he had everything. He had five of those Range Rovers, I'm sure. You know, they did all kinds of things, and, and he had everything he could want, but under the sun, without the sun, was frustrating to him. We read Ecclesiastes 1, the first couple of verses. Nothing makes sense. Everything is nonsense. I've seen it all. Nothing makes sense. What is there to show for all our hard work here on this earth? I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about, well, what does that mean? It's almost like uh, we live in uh, downtown Waterloo, and uh, there's a couple nice restaurants nearby, and and sometimes when I'm getting home from work or coming into the evening, uh, I get out of my car or getting into my car on the way of the car, I can smell those restaurants. I can smell a Mexican place. I can smell, I don't know, but I can sell someplace that has great garlic-smelling stuff. I don't know what it is. And uh, sometimes I can smell the landfill. But but other times, you know, I smell the good stuff. And, you know, I get a whiff of it. But I can't eat it. I think what Solomon is saying is when you and I live under the sun, and he lived under the sun without the sun, he would get a whiff of all these things. He would build all these wonderful things. He had all these wonderful things. He had every good time, pleasure that, that could be, you could have. He would get a whiff of it. It would, it would smell good, but he never really got to digest it. And for those of us who are Christ followers, we have the opportunity to digest it. Solomon uh, definitely had a fear for God up to some point. But, but it wasn't followed through all the time in our lives. So it's not just the person that isn't following Christ. It's, it's anyone who's following Christ who, who just really isn't living under the sun with the sun. It's like smelling that good meal, and it, and it only does, does something, only goes so far. And Solomon, when he's speaking about this, is saying that when you live under the sun with the sun when you live your life on planet Earth in connection with God, you won't just get a whiff of all these good-smelling things. That relationship actually enables you to enjoy what he brings you by, what he brings you your way. He says it this way, in Ecclesiastes 2, 24 through 25, a person could do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? Some of you have been there. If i had an open mic right now. You could come up and tell me, yeah, I, 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 I had all the good stuff. Life was great, but just didn't digest in my system. I just didn't, couldn't settle into it. It would only bring me so far. Even hearing the stories of of those uh, children and those families, that they were they were they were thankful that they, they were more happy than most of us are with all our stuff, with all our opportunities. See, I, th- I think the missing piece, Solomon in his journal says the missing piece is life under the sun, uh, without the sun, and this hand of God in your life, and when, that, when, when, when there isn't that connection without him, th- there, is, there isn't that enjoyment. And, and Solomon, again, it's, it's not me speaking, I haven't had it all. I don't have one of those nice cars parked in my, in my driveway. I don't have five of them. Solomon had it all. And he said, I couldn't enjoy. I couldn't enjoy my work. I couldn't enjoy my stuff because it was out of sync. I was living under the sun without the sun. This idea of the sun, you heard a lot of Jesus, the word Jesus, the, the name Jesus. You hear the kids singing, you saw it on their, their books. And for us as, as a Christ following church, it all rises and falls on Jesus. And it rises and falls on his resurrection. Yes, uh, we love the words he says, we love the things, we love it. like Gandhi uh, quotes him. <clears throat> but, but that's not what makes him so fantastic. What really makes him so fantastic is that when he died, he rose again. If that did not happen, there's problems. He was just a good teacher. He's just a good man. Wonderful and all that, but, but there was no difference. You see, that's what makes the difference. That's what connects with us. Uh, Paul writes about this when he says, it's resurrection, resurrection, always resurrection that undergirds what I do, say, the way I live. If there's no resurrection, we eat, we drink, the next day we die, and that's all there is to it. It almost sounds like Solomon's kinds of words. Without, over the sun, without the sun, under the sun, should just be drink and all that stuff, eat, be merry, because when it's over, it's over. But for the person that follows Christ, it rises and falls that over 2,000 years ago, this man, Jesus, died and then rose again. We'll be celebrating that in a few weeks at Easter time, Resurrection Sunday. It all comes down to that. If that didn't happen, if that didn't happen, we're just spinning our wheels historical event, the resurrection. And it, that makes all the difference. It's so important to us that Jesus, Jesus left us um, this uh, ordinance that we do, and we've talked already about it. It's called baptism. And this idea when we do a baptism at our church, we totally immerse under the water and you come out. That's just not to get your hair wet. It's because that symbolizes the death burial, and resurrection of Christ. And so even in the image of something like that, it is saying resurrection, resurrection, resurrection. The fact that Jesus came, gave his life, and rose again makes all the difference. And when you and I get baptized as a believer, we only get baptized once. It's not to to do any mysterious things. It's just to say, hey, I'm going public with my faith. And it's an external expression of what's happened into my heart. I've discovered Jesus. I've connected to God for what Jesus did for me. And now I'm living in that way. Again, it's back to this idea of resurrection and Jesus. So when we we look at life under the sun, without the sun, and we look at life under the sun, with the sun... One of the things that uh, Solomon starts to bring out is this idea that we can find happiness in the present, not just the hope of the future or memories of the past. And all of ourselves find ourselves in a place in a different place. Some of us are, are, are just looking for the future, and when the future arrives, then I will be happy. And some of us are looking just to the past. I shared that I needed to get off dairy for a while, hopefully for just a while, not for the rest of my life. So I'm looking to the past. All those days where I could used to be able to put cheese on everything. Those were the good old days. Those were the only good old days. But we do this. We do this on many levels. It's either the future or the past. But when you and I connect with God through the sun and live under the sun with the sun, we can find happiness in the moment. Pascal says it this way. He says, we never live when we only hope to live someday. Always preparing to be happy ensures we never are. You ever been there? You ever been preparing for the next thing? The graduating from high school, graduating from college, getting that job, the next job, retiring, baby, whatever it is, we're always preparing for We're never in the day. We're looking to the future, and we ensure that we never really enjoy it. Another deep theologian, wise man, said it this way. Weird thing is... Now, I'm exactly where I want to be. I got my dream job at Cornell. And I'm still just thinking about my old pals. Only now, they're the ones I made here. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. Andy from the office. Who knew that we'd get some wisdom from him? I wish there were a way you could know you were living in the good old days before they pass you by. Get a little nostalgic up here. but I'm realizing that I might not have fathomed some of the special moments in the good old days while I was in them. Now I look back to them. And so recently I've been trying to think... In the moment, enjoy this moment, whatever it may be. I don't want to get into all the details, but a couple Sunday, yeah, last Sunday night, uh, we went up to uh, the girls for dinner, and uh, new boyfriend, another story, you know, and they're playing this game, and uh, they're rolling these pigs, and whichever, past the pig thing, and I'm like, I do not want to play this game. I really don't. And then I'm going, wait a minute, in the moment, enjoy the moment, have fun. Maybe you'll win, maybe you won't, but have fun anyway. And, and, you know, and, and just being in the moment, not thinking, man, we got to get going, i got to get to, you know, enjoy the moment. Don't let them pass you by. So easy just to be cruising along so fast. Have you ever, um, let's say, been on a car route that you use regularly? Like, like for us, it's back and forth to, to Waterloo. You know, it's 12 miles, 55, maybe a little faster, you know, up to Waterloo, back and forth, back and forth, and, uh, you know, you just... And you think you see the whole route. Then you, then you ride your bicycle on it. All of a sudden, you notice all kinds of other things. Then sometimes the bicycle breaks, and then you walk your bicycle along the route, and you see more things. How fast you go by, what you miss. Solomon is saying, enjoy the moments. Let God into your life. Have God see the moments for what they are and enjoy them. doesn't mean don't think about tomorrow, but don't think about tomorrow so much that so you don't join the moment. Don't think about the past so much that you don't join the moment. Boy, I, 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 I hope, I have a fear for, maybe not a fear, an awareness for my life, and for your life, do you enjoy the moments? Or do you just let them go so far by? And you'll find you'll get to a time where, 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 where you, can't just, you can't recapture that. You've changed. You're a different person, different circumstances. And you wish you could kind of go back and relive some of those moments. Thank God God gave us memories. We can kind of do that a little bit. But, but you, weren't, you weren't tasting the meal of the moment, in the moment, because you were too too preoccupied with the future or you were too preoccupied with the past because in the past you thought you had it better. And all of a sudden it goes through and you go, you know, that present a week ago, a month ago, a year ago was, was actually better than some of my past things. Being in the moment, enjoying it. There's also this idea of find satisfaction in the seasons, not just the hope or future or memories of the past. So you have moments, then you have, in a sense, seasons of life. Probably very familiar with this. Uh, there's a time for everything and a season for everything under the heavens, and on he goes and listens all these seasons, all these kinds of things. He goes on and on and you know, just, just all kinds of seasons. And, and sometimes we, we fail to realize that seasons and rhythms for life, God set up. Yes, we live in a broken world, so they don't go as wonderfully, but there are rhythms of life. And really, God's life assignments include various seasons. Those seasons are to, to be a part of life. You know, the way I was at 25 was great. The way I was at 45, 35, whatever, is different. God assigns those seasons. There was a time where I could eat two Big Macs, supersized fries, drink it all, wash it all down with a huge supersized diet coke, let's say some calories, and feel okay. That would kill me today. That would put me in the hospital for a week. Enjoy the seasons, and God assigns those to us. Now, we're not there yet, but Cindy and I enjoy just being Cindy and me. Someday, the girls will have permanent boyfriends. We'll call those husbands, and someday, there'll be a little feed, and someday, we look forward to that and all of that kind of thing, but we're enjoying now. We're enjoying now. Various seasons. Things you used to be able to do, every time I get in the swimming pool up at the chiropractor college, this body isn't what it used to be, and I see these young 25-year-old, not a, not a speck of fat on him, just kind of like dive in, and I'm like, you know, I'm not very pretty. Some of you have even seen me there, it's not very pretty. Please keep your phones in your lockers. I'm just, you know, I'm just going along, doing my time, and all of a sudden, what was that, a motorbike? No, no, that motorboat, that, one, that was some kid. That's the way it used to, you know, accept the seasons. It's different. Let them go. Move on to the next one. I will tell you, not all of them, but some of those kids, I'm probably smarter than them. (laughs) I've got more wisdom than them. I didn't have that access at 25 that I have at 53. So it's a trade-off thing. And God prepares this season, this rhythm. So, so accept it. it. goes on in verses 9 through 13. What do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He's made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. He, he's made us see that there's something beyond this world. We have a hole in our heart. We try to fill it with something. Don't fill it with stuff. Don't fill it with positions. Don't fill it with... Beware that you can fill that with God. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. So in other words, those beautiful things, sometimes, again, they look totally ugly. We don't understand how that fits in the bigger story. I know that nothing there is... I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live in the moment, in the season. That each of them may eat and drink, enjoy those things, and find satisfaction in their work, find satisfaction in their service, in their toil. This is the gift of God. But again, most of us are looking to the past or looking to the future, looking for the next season, looking for the next moment. I actually saw this this morning on uh, the BBC. I get their feed. This lady was uh, celebrating her 116th birthday. Probably can't read this. They asked her this. What part of life she'd enjoy the most? And this is what she said, right now. She didn't say 20 years ago when she was only, what, 86. She she, she said, right now. Right now. What things do you and I need to let go of? What past relationships what past experiences? What things are we saying? If only I could have that, then I'd be happy again. And the reality is, it's never going to happen. Away that again. That that's gone. That was a season of life. If only I could jump in the pool and be so thin and swim faster than that. Twenty-five year. It's not going to happen. It's impossible. Embrace the new season. Embrace the season. That you're in. I've also concluded that whatever God does, that the way it's go, that's the way it's going to be, always. no addition, no subtraction. God's done it, and that's it. That's so well, quit, so well, quit asking questions and simply worship. And holy fear, idea right of worship, ascribe worth to God. Say He's worth it. Holy fear, live separate to His ways. Not separate by yourself, but separate to his ways. Whatever was, whatever will be is. That's how it always is with God. So instead of resisting the seasons, embrace the seasons. You see, the thoughtless resist new life seasons, trying to hang on to the old ones without letting go, while the wise embrace them for what they are. Embrace them. and Embrace them. And you see, we do this under the sun with the sun. And again, I want to make that bold statement that from my perspective, from I think Solomon's perspective, that is not possible unless you live under the sun with the sun. You see, happiness is found in in the present, season only in his presence. That's connection with him. That's walking with him. That's, that's knowing him. Now many of you may be familiar with this uh, song. Some of us are. This is an old song. Some people are like, oh, you know, to everything, turn, turn. There's a season and a time to every purpose under the sun. And we have to get to a place where we actually actually believe that and own that. So I want to leave you with uh, this question along with this. So, so where do you live? Where do you live? Uh, this may sound stereotypical. It doesn't have to be that way, but it may come across. Where do you live? Young people, um, young people uh, live in the future often, not in the moment. Boy, there's some things I wish back in high school I'd, I just wanted, didn't want to move on to the next thing, but I just savored it a little bit more. I just didn't swallow it and move on. But that's gone. I need to take that lesson into today. Also, this idea of old people live in the past. Where do you live? Where do you live? John Maxwell says this. He says, wise people live in the presence. Let's pray. Father, we we just thank you.